time to crunch some numbers here. <laughs> Bring in Mike Kelly because we can't make sense of it. No, I'm bad um, at numbers. <laughs> Mike Kelly, how are you? What's up, Kipper? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Where do we find you these days? Uh, traveling at home or what's going on? I'm at home. I uh, was traveling the last couple of weeks, so nice to be home. Although I woke up yesterday morning and there was a bunch of snow everywhere. So I don't know what that's about. Now we are uh, officially or unofficially into the longest NHL season in history. Is that correct? <laughs> sure feels. I like didn't it. know that. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. No, I think it is. Yeah, with the with the uh, the stop and the start or the uh, I guess so the uh, the pause Olympic break and all that. Just in terms of your overall view, before we get into the Leafs and who may be matching up better against them, Boston or Tampa Bay. Uh, just those last few games here, what's your overall sense of the hockey that's being played? Uh, well, it's, I know there's been a lot of focus lately on just how much scoring there's been in the league, right? The high of about 25 years, over six goals a game. Um, that's been a, a big trend this year. I'm interested to see if that's something that translates into the playoffs or it gets to kind of be tighter checking better teams, um, you know, better goaltending, fewer goals. Uh, that, that's something I'll be interested to take a look at. So Kipper teased the the question there. We're, we're all sitting here in Toronto. All these fans around here want to want to know who they're <laughs> going to play. What are the Leafs' chances, or sorry, who do they have a better chance against, the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning? Right now they've got a 55% chance to play in Tampa. And against Tampa Bay this year, mm-hmm. uh, they've won two. They've lost once. I, the way these teams are playing right now, it'd be hard to say that Toronto shouldn't be the favorite. Right. They'll likely will have home ice. And then I look at it kind of on paper and start in net, advantage Tampa Bay. Then you look at the blue line, I think advantage Tampa Bay. Then you start crossing off star players on both sides, you know, Point and Kucherov and Stamkos and Matthews and Marner and Tavares, Nylander, close enough. Um, But again, the way that these teams are playing, like Tampa's really struggling to find their game and they need to get that fixed fast. Boston, it seems like it might be better to face the Bruins. Mm -hmm. Um than Tampa Bay. I just, I, a part of me thinks that Tampa Bay can and will find their game and Vasilevsky, that guy can be an absolute difference maker. So um, I, I'd go with Boston on this one. Joe, Joe Smith who covers them for the athletic says that uh, the focus is more on the odd man rushes and the giveaways and, and less on Vasilevsky, but he, he's, it's got to be the number one thing. You get great goaltending and it takes you to another level. And if you don't, you're, you're, you're fighting it no matter what. Um, But is, is there a chance that he may be out of gas just himself alone? I'm kind of with Joe on this one. I, I don't think it's as much on Vasilevsky, just watching them play, looking at numbers recently. You know, you talk about the odd man rushes. So since the trade deadline, probably surprised to no one Toronto leads the league in terms of odd man rush differential. They're plus 43. Wow. Tampa Bay's 29th. They are minus 24. That 
Hmm. That's not not good if you start getting into the playoffs and you're not only giving up odd mans, but potentially going to face the team that's generating the best differential of anyone in the league. Um, but again, I, I, because they're a veteran group, because they know what it takes to go all the way, they've done it twice in a row. I just, I don't have anything to base this on. I just, I assume they're going to figure this out in the next couple of weeks um, and be in a better spot going into the postseason. Yeah, it's a weird thing. We do this in the NHL every year. Last year for Toronto, it was like, well, they have tons of good players. They'll figure out their power play at some point, and then it just never <laughs> happened. <laughs> so you, you never you never know. Um, you know, looking at whoever's going to end up in the wild card here out of the Atlantic, you, you like, you know, you go play against the Metro. Uh, I've been looking at some of their teams. The Rangers are a team on a massive run right now. I think three straight shutouts. Uh, that, that team was a, a very weak defensive team, I guess, pre-trade deadline. What's going on here? Why have they been so good defensively since? Yeah, I mean, their goals against average has always been good, as you know, Borny, and yeah. that's mainly the goalie who's going to win the Vesna Trophy. Um, <laughs> but in terms of defense, like you talk about, right, what they allow, shots, quality shots, the type of chances, uh, bottom 10, not good. And you wonder, okay, even if Shesterkin just becomes human for a bit, which he did, what happens? But yeah, since the trade deadline, I mean, this is a team that's gone from bottom 10 in a lot of key areas. So expected goals against, that's goal probability, but we make it a little more translatable, just shots from certain quality areas, um, you know, cycle chances when they're defending in their own end, they're bottom 10. Since the deadline, they're top five and number one in a few of these areas. So this is what's creating some debate on the old Twitter sphere is did the Rangers figure it out? Did the improvements they made to the roster at the trade deadline, bringing in guys who are good defensive players, help them figure it out? Or how much of it is the fact that if you look at who they played in the last you know, couple of weeks, month even, not a juggernaut roster of teams. They've, they've had some lighter opponents. Probably all of them contribute, but it's made me a believer. That's why I didn't believe in the Rangers as a real playoff threat because I just thought they, they're going to go up against a good offensive team and Shesterkin can only shoulder so much of the load before it, it starts to crack. They're playing really good defense now. And if you combine that with Shesterkin, um, I think they're a legit threat in the postseason. Well, even more so if you look at uh, now what uh, Tristan Jari out with a lower body injury, uh, Frederick Anderson out, it's like... Look at uh, look at the path maybe the Rangers may have. Great point. It's so Pittsburgh. I, I think on the trade deadline, I was doing some TV work on deadline day, and someone asked me, you know, who's the team to watch down the stretch? I said Pittsburgh. Could I have been more wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Um, but Malkin out four games. Jari not in a good spot with his injury, and they're they're starting to fade. They have three wins in their last ten games. Um, and now, right now, as of today, they're matched up to play the Rangers in the first round. I would absolutely pick New York as of today. Well, it could change in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm with you, Kipper. I think it's kind of open season. The, the The Hurricanes are not a team to me, despite their great record, that um, I think is as well-equipped to win in the playoffs as other top teams. I, I think they have a lot of good players, but not a lot of game-breaking star players. Um, and I, you know, it's 
game gets a little heavier, it gets a little different in, in the postseason, and I think they're built in a, in a way that um, probably doesn't support that as well as some other teams. Mike, going around the NHL, the other major story from the other side, to me anyway, is Vegas likely to miss the playoffs. Um, really stunning given the uh, just the sheer compilation of talent that they have pulled together in, in Vegas. What are your thoughts on what's gone wrong there? It's strange, isn't it? Sure um, is. They've had a funny year, injuries, you know, getting guys back into the lineup, missing key guys for a certain amount of time, the goaltending position you know, with Leonard being out for a bit. and um, It's been a bit of a mess, although that's happened to other teams too. So I'm on the NHL Network the other night, and they played New Jersey, and they lost. And they outshot them by 20 shots. And they outshot them from the slot, 15 to 8. Good things that usually leads to wins. Then you get into that inner slot net front area, shots were 6-4 for Vegas. Still outshot them, but not the kind of gap on the shot total we saw overall. And this is just something, it's not to explain away the loss, because you play that game 10 times, they're probably going to win 7 of them. But you think of the playoffs in the bubble against Dallas when they lost in five games and Pete DeBoer said, we lost the net front at both ends of the ice. And that was a problem. Vegas has so much skill. They move the puck so well, they create all these great chances, but how often do you see their players on top of a goalie making his life hard? Um, That's something that, you know, was noticeable against Montreal in the playoffs last year as well. You guys both played high level hockey. I talked to an NHL goalie about this and, you know, he said, Obviously, when you've got a guy with his butt in your face, it makes it hard to stop a puck. But even uh, around the hash marks on a cross-ice one-timer, these these high-probability chances, if you have space and, and know it's kind of coming, it can help you read them a little better. I think there's some truth in there um, with why Vegas has kind of not gone as far as maybe the talent on that roster um, should suggest that they could go and I'm sure you guys can provide some good perspective on that as well. I'm just thinking if, when Vegas misses the playoffs, where is the quickest narrative? I I would think from an ownership or management perspective, it's injuries and Mm -hmm. others will go Leonard over Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm -hmm. Where, Where do you go first? Uh, hey, that'll get talked about. Um, one thing you hear about Marc-Andre Fleury is how important he's been to every room he's in, right? Not yeah. not even just the on-ice performance. Maybe that's part of it. Um, it's a hard thing to quantify, but again, you guys playing high-level hockey would, would have a good idea of what that's about. The injuries are huge. They, they missed you know, Pacioretty, Stone, Leonard, really key guys for good chunks. That's obviously a part, but it, it happened to other teams as well, and it's not like the Pacific is a juggernaut division. Uh, underperformance overall, um, and again, the theme, whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I talk about the net front, but whatever you want to call it, there's been a theme of this team not finishing on its chances in key games for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that Pacific division you mentioned, really a, a soft division when you step back at the year and look at how it's gone for a variety of teams. Yet the Canucks, after that, I think they were last when, at one point this season, are climbing their way. They're going to miss playoffs, let's be honest. But, boy, they're, they're made it interesting. 
are, is the success they've had under Bruce Boudreaux real? Like, is there underlying support that they've had success, or has this been, um, you know, goaltending and shooting percentage type of thing? <laughs> it's been, well, hey, look, any six-game winning streak, you're going to see some of that for sure. Yeah. Um, since he's taken over, no question the team's been better. One of the things that was evident right away is they attacked up the ice a lot faster. And that's just not how Travis Green had the team playing. He understood the strengths and weaknesses and, and went about it his way. And um, in the way that he coached that team, it, it worked for the, you know a large part. But there's been obviously noticeable differences with Elias Pettersson, other top players. JT Miller's having an unbelievable year. Bo Horvat, up until his injury, was one of the hottest players in the league. And Thatcher Demko is like, he's the guy... I guess people don't really talk about as a potential top five goalie, absolutely a top 10. That's where I stand with them. Um, because again, the Canucks, you know, they give up their share of chances and he's, he's a rock star for them. So I think there's enough there to say that under Bruce Boudreaux, the way they're playing, they carry some of this into next season. They should be a playoff team, which is better than they are now. Uh, I don't think they're an elite team by any means, but yeah, in that Pacific division, I think that they should be, you may be a little bit below Edmonton, but kind of right in the mix after that. And, and Calgary, I've got them as a legit cup favorite. I don't know how you guys feel about Calgary. Well, listen, I mean, great segue, easy segue to best chance for Canada uh, with a Stanley Cup. Uh, you just answered that. Just tell us why uh, you've got Calgary. Very, very few identifiable weaknesses. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can kind of try to pick apart even top teams. Or, or areas you think you can exploit. Calgary's path can't be ignored with the way that the playoffs are set up. It's not as hard I think, as Toronto. And, and those are the, the two best chances for Canada to get a cup win here for the first time since 93. So that helps. But I look at Calgary offensively and the results, their process, how they do it. They're, you know, certainly their top three lines. And I look at them defensively, they're top three in goals against. They're number one in expected goals against. And then that's Markstrom after that, who's a great goalie. It's hard to poke holes in the way that team plays. And, again, I just think there's that Daryl Sutter effect, too, where he gets not only the most out of anyone he coaches from a star like Johnny Gaudreau to a role-playing defenseman like Eric Branson, and he gets them peaking right at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Calgary... They're in my upper echelon of the Floridas, the Colorados, the team that could win a cup this year. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I'll, I'll throw one more at you. And I really can I just follow yeah, up on Calgary? Sure, please do. Just uh, just in terms of like you, you mentioned Johnny Gaudreau, and he's having a star year, and he'll get votes for a, a heart. But you know, how much can be lost if he doesn't prove that a little guy can play big in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, that's a really good point. And the thing about Calgary this year is, you know, I know that they, they, I think they won, they did win the West when they lost to Colorado in five a few years ago. Colorado was a good team as well. The the thing about Calgary this year, they've been so good. Um, They need to, they need to get, I think, to a conference final to call this year a success of some sort. He's got to be very good. And, you know, can he be? He's been shut down in the playoffs before. Um, but he's not a big guy. The thing that impresses me about him, though, is you watch that top line and, and how they are as good as they are. 
he's below the goal line a ton, him and Matthew Kachuk. And Lindholm kind of pops around the slot looking for those chances high forward. But Johnny Gaudreau doesn't just, you know, dance around the perimeter. He, he gets into areas where D are on him, and he's elusive. And if he can keep doing that in the postseason, um, he should be able to be successful. For sure. And, and last one for me, Mike, another team in the Western Conference who's very good, the St. Louis Blues. I checked on uh, Coolbet the other day. They were the 12th longest odds, I think, to win the Stanley Cup team that's just won, I don't know, 12 straight games prior to losing to Boston. And, you know, I, obviously been a very good team. So what are your thoughts on the Blues? They legit? I think so. And yeah. they were one of those teams where I wasn't sure about that, uh, not even that long ago, you know, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, they ripped off nine wins in a row. They look incredible. They're going to play Minnesota in the first round. I, I wouldn't count Minnesota out either. That's going to be a tough series, even though the Blues have kind of had their number this year mm-hmm. and in recent history. But um, I, I don't know about you guys. St. Louis might have the best top nine in the NHL. Like, you look yeah. at that group, there's not a Matthews or a Goudreau, that heart-type player. They're all good, every one of them. Uh, and can score. So I don't think the defense is quite what it's been, certainly when they won a cup. Goaltending, Uso's been good. Bennington has been magical at times in the past. We know that. Yeah, I think they're they're a, a real threat for sure. Just, uh, and you mentioned the goals uh, at the beginning of uh, of our uh, our hit here, uh, but it's, it's led by the Florida Panthers. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and and the ability to put the puck in the net, and yeah, we're going to critique the heck out of their goaltending going into game <laughs> one, but you cannot deny that this team, um, as far as their top nine, uh, once again, leading the charge in that capacity. Yeah, it's, it's silly how easy they make it look. Um, the... It, it, people talk about Huberto, right? And the great, he might win the Art Ross trophy and there's heart talk for him as well. Um, is Alex Barkov not the most valuable player on that team? I think so. What a mule he is. Somebody yeah. who broadcasts for Florida. They think so too. It, it's an embarrassment of riches with that team. And I think for Florida, you know, Bobrovsky doesn't have to be the best goalie in the playoffs. He doesn't have to be great. Just don't sink the ship. I think that's it. Um, because this is the highest scoring team in the league, number one in expected goals. They're top 10 against in both areas, so they're, they're good defensively. Um, and they can cut you up in a lot of different ways, which I think is hugely important in the playoffs. They're not one-dimensional. They're top five in rush chances, cycle, forecheck, rebound, all of it. So I think as long as Bobrovsky doesn't lay eggs, then um, they're in great shape. Get your rest, man. You're going to be a busy guy. I look forward to it. The playoffs, um, there's already exciting matchups, right, with these two threes, and there's going to be some unbelievable teams knocked out. If it's Toronto-Tampa first round, either the two-time cup winners are gone or, yeah, we won't get into the other one. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be positive. You know, Third I, best team in the league right now. I, 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 I know we're concluding this, but w- there needs to be another conversation on uh, – top teams facing each other in the first round. Don't you think that's a, a, a conversation for a different day though? But like, do we really want to see great teams eliminated this early? I, that's the debate, I guess, right? Is that would you rather see better teams go on later or guarantee yourself excellent matchups? All right. 
We'll yeah. save that for another day. Mike Kelly, thanks for doing this. All right. Sounds good, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> well, what do you think on that? One versus eight? Oh, I, you know, I, one I, versus I, listen, 16? Uh, you cannot have top teams like Tampa Bay and Toronto eliminate each other in the first round. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's it was bad. It was all it's about bad business travel for so long, right? Well, it's good business because you save money because of the travel you're talking right. about. But like, I don't think travel is such a huge deal anymore. Like if Toronto has have to travel to Nashville, see where gas prices have gone. Okay. Well, it costs money. No one cares about that part. Um, yeah. Except uh, owners. Well, but what, what is the, the real difference between flying to, Tampa Bay versus flying to Nashville yeah, or I Dallas know. or wherever. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting to say, all right, we want these uh, divisional matchups. Divisional matchups. You know how many times Toronto played Florida this season? Uh, three yeah. times. They played everyone in the all, Metro all three a, times. Uh, four weeks. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as divisional matchups aside from, you know, some sort of historical context. At most, you play these guys four times instead of three it should at least be one versus eight in the conference. I would hear one versus 16, but, you know, I don't really think you want to see Nashville, Toronto in the so, first round or whatever. But You guys want you guys want the, the one versus eight? I have it in front of me here. Yeah, what do you got? So it would be Florida, Washington, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Boston, New York Rangers, and Tampa Bay. Oh, okay, hold on. Okay. So, uh, you said Pitt versus Toronto? It'd be Pitt versus Toronto in the first round. Yeah. Oh, that sounds better, doesn't it? Pittsburgh's I don't great. know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're good hockey teams and whatever, but, like, your chances of winning goes to 54% instead of 52 if you're the better team. <laughs> I think it would be more of a reflection on being rewarded. For the 82-game work. Correct. Yeah. I do, too. And uh, I get what the league wanted to do and say, okay, well, you know, these are the – closest teams and fans want to see them get a playoff matchup but it just it hasn't worked out that way enough to justify punishing teams um you know the way that toronto and tampa are likely going to be and you know we've seen it every year that it seems unfair for someone somewhere so i'd like to see them move on from that um i know we touched on this a little bit but uh repercussions for vegas uh, mm-hmm. Missing the playoffs. Uh, McCrimmon, George McPhee, would they be nervous about an owner that expected to win a Stanley Cup? Or can they, as I asked Mike, uh, look at, uh, hey, we, we got hit with rash of injuries. And, yeah, maybe my my math on occasion wasn't great with the salary cap. <laughs> but, you know, we, we had all these injured guys. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if that's so. I don't know what Foley is really like, but it's a tough sell. Wild Bill. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. The nickname. Well, then, <laughs> if my goal is all right, I'm going to spend way above the salary cap, you know, because LTIR and whatever, and you can't get me into the playoffs. You better be good enough to get me into the playoffs with injuries. Like I, I think that that probably costs jobs. Uh, expectations like to not even get a couple of home gates in the postseason to get a chance. It's a fail. I don't care injured or not. Not the Pacific division was powder soft. There is no way injury should take you out of playoffs entirely. Total fail. 
We and we did give Jack Eichel the chance to be as close to Kucherov as anybody, just from a mere talent perspective, right? Uh, if anybody could pull off a guy that's been off that long and come in and and uh, look still like a, a great player, mm-hmm. Eichel had that ability to do it just from sheer talent alone, but it just it didn't materialize. I wonder if a healthy offseason won't go a long way for him, you know, familiar with the surroundings and the team and whatever, but it, it, I don't think it's for sure that this team is going to look the same going into next year. You know, if they feel like they couldn't trust Leonard down the stretch and had to go with Logan Thompson, what's going to happen there? Uh, I mean, I hate to bury this team. They, they are, to their credit, Goal differential tends to tell us the, the true difference between teams that are decent and teams that aren't. They're a plus 17 goal differential team. The Kings are minus three, Dallas minus six. Like, they're better than their results have been, but I, I don't know. I, do you, go ahead, you guys Sammy. want a stat here with both Jack Eichel? Of course. This is, this is from uh, old, old friend uh, Nick Alberga on Twitter. Since the Jack Eichel made his Golden Knights debut on February 16th, uh, Vegas is thirteen fourteen and two. Buffalo is thirteen fourteen and three. Come on, that's great. Wow, and, good job, Nick. And Buffalo's feeling very good. I think for good oh, reason. Oh, they're fired up. No guarantees. By the way, that's the state of a franchise right there. They're thirteen fourteen two. They're feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is always the case. Eh? Yeah. How Wait, many teams are feeling great? Yeah, they've, they've been knocked out of the playoffs for three months, but they're, they're feeling but they're great. They're rolling five four and one in their last ten. Look out for the Sabers. So put your forty percent deposit down on season <laughs> tickets <laughs> now. Still available. They beat the Leafs a couple while times while they're still around. Yeah. Get these. You know, they probably did sell tickets by beating the Leafs. Season seats. Oh, yeah. But you but you, you can watch. The The optics are there that there's, there's something growing there in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Leonard cannot save them. It's, I think they're done. I think they're like a Burger King Whopper. They got the grill marks. Right oh, yeah. Up, right, right down their asses. They're all seared. Yeah, and, and Leonard... Cannot come back. He has not had a great year. He's battled injuries as well. Um, we know the challenges that he has off the ice as well. That may or may be a factor. May or may not be a factor, but they're there. So um, it is. It's tough now. It's tough. The, these last few games, yeah. this handful of games. Um, I don't see it. What did you say? Twenty percent chance still to make the playoffs. What are they at for the nineteen? For Vegas, yeah, nineteen percent. Nineteen, yeah. She's well, it's slim. not nothing. Nope. You're telling me there's a chance. So let me ask you then, who do you see as the most likely team, non-playoff team, to make a bounce back? And I'll give you the Islanders, the Vegas Golden Knights, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. So Vegas, Vancouver, Winnipeg are all the close ones sitting on the outside in the West. Islanders, the really only legit team in the East that missed, in my estimation. Well, you know what's interesting now is that it just seems like if you're going to miss, you're going to miss for the next few years. Doesn't it? And, look look and, at like, below the Islanders the, in the East. It's a the, the mess. Team, the, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, we only got a few minutes left here, but for another occasion, we could have a complete conversation of how you know the salary cap and all of that, the sway was to 
get towards uh, parity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody can win on any given night. That was the yeah. sales, right? Yeah. And it's true if you happen to be playing the team that maybe has been on the road for three or four nights and has hung over. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can win. But, but can, you, can you make the playoffs in any given year? Yeah. That's the bit that's the better question than can you win on any given night? Yeah. Can you make the playoffs on any given year? And the answer is no. But part of the problem there is teams are trying to lose to get the difference makers so they can be Great. I know. Great. But guess what? How many teams like it's it's one thing if you got the strategy to lose on purpose, mm-hmm. but how many teams can we look at this season and go, you lost but you lost worse because you thought you were going to win. Great question. So Montreal, I think, didn't think they were going to be. They went to Stanley Cup final last year. They didn't plan on being garbage. No, no, they did. Uh, that's right. October, November, and December. Right. They thought they might be okay. So, so Philly bat- made trades. They had Arista Line in another Ellis team. And- there's another team that you stink, and you were too dumb to see it. Jersey added Doug Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton. There's they a added, third one. They thought they would be legit. Like hey, Ottawa Buffalo legit rebuilds. Columbus. Columbus, yeah. They made ads. They got Patrick Line. Winnipeg. Definitely thought they were going to be good. Uh, you mentioned the Flyers. Islanders thought they'd be good. Islanders thought they'd be real good. They're back to back conference finals. I mean, they're not terrible. Where, though. Where is Arizona it? thought they would suck. Seattle, you Okay, I don't the, know the, Arizona. Chicago traded for yes. like, Seth Jones. They thought they'd be good. For sure. Chicago. So it's the teams that should have had the smarts to say we're going to suck, but we're going to suck on purpose. We're going to suck with a plan. You know what's funny is Anaheim thought they were going to suck and ended up being okay and kind of got caught in the so middle. And the, then they cut bait and traded This everyone. really goes back to your uh, your question is like, okay, who's who's out or who's in next year? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see Winnipeg getting better. It's tough to see when such an important part of the team is the older guys. Right? Like Wheeler's making a whack of money, and I think... Anaheim's going to suck again next year. Yeah, probably. San Jose's not making the playoffs next year. What's San Jose's story? (laughs) I mean, just so much money tied up in older guys, too. It's a bad spot to be in. These big contracts sink you forever. San Jose needs a general manager, right? Mm -hmm. And they're searching. They call other teams for recommendations. How stupid is that? I, I don't understand that. Why is that stupid? They're your competitor. Oh, <laughs> that Maybe. don't make no sense. Who Maybe. do you think we should hire? And they're the, all like, they're oh, in, that guy the, in the mailroom. They're in your division, and you're calling up teams in your division and asking for referrals. I'm like, I would, I would send you the dumbest, mm-hmm. stupidest guy I know. Yeah, you're like, Justin Bourne is looking for work. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> send me in there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, you're right. Like, what do you do your own work? Yeah. What do you find out for yourself? You, hey, eyes on your own paper, San Jose. <laughs> I, you know, I have heard a few names, you know, of people there. It sounds like, you know, Chicago did that whole thing. I hated how Chicago did their search too. We're going to interview 30 people for the GM job. Yes. Yeah. You took 30 people seriously or are you wasting 25 and people's time? And we're going to announce everybody we're yeah. talking to. Just so you know. We're trying really hard here. And who'd you hire? Uh, the guy who had the job. So in the East, yeah, you see Islanders getting back in? I, yes. 
I you know I, I like I like the Islanders. Um, okay, so who who do they take the place of this time next year? I love that question. So Boston's going at some point. Can Boston can Marchand be a little worse and Bergeron be a little bit worse? And then you got they added Felino and Forbort and some of these guys this year that it was like I don't know. Did they really get better? Is Taylor Hall going to get better? The first team I would look at to say if the Islanders get in the replacement team, and then I bite my tongue because Sidney Crosby's on it. Yeah. How about Sperry Kapanen this year? Abs- it leaves Fanny. Yeah, Capitals are a good vote. How about Kapanen this year, guys? I was just looking today for um, – here's what I'll tell you. I was looking to see where Nick Ritchie was in the NHL in goals for – because he has – Sam, do you know how many goals Nick Ritchie has? I Multiple. did – hold on, hold on. I did don't say, look, Sam. I, don't I, look. I did say at the beginning of the year – 12 I don't or know 13? if we have the tape. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, that Bunting and Nick Ritchie would end up with more goals than Zach Hyman. Did you, oh, combined, did you? Combined. Yeah. So, Ritchie goes to Arizona. In the month of March, he scored seven times. When he left here, he's got 12 goals oh, yeah. on the year. So I was looking to see where he was in league scoring. Uh, he's like 203rd among Nick forwards. Nick Ritchie could end up with the same amount of goals that he had when, when the Leafs were so attracted to him. I know, another 15-goal year or whatever. <laughs> anyway, my point with all this is Kasperi Kapanen has 11 goals in 75 games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 11 and 75. You know who else has 11 goals this year? David Camp. And so that's he, his plays level. dropped. Camp has. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's dropped. You know what? Has it? Was, it? Well, well, you know what it was. His for energy's me is, dropped. What were expectations for him? And it was like nothing. If he does nothing, we're okay. Just no, don't no. be bad. First <laughs> half of the season, he was a like he was a big part and an important part. That Mikheyev Camp Engvall line was was good. He doesn't. He feels. Maybe he's just uh, again. It's a long season. Has has he been used to this before? I don't know. Is he, for me, is he, is he was, learning how to pace himself here to get himself ready, rejuvenated for the first round? Yeah. I, I just feel like the bar has changed. Like, we were like, if he does nothing, it's okay. Then he did nothing for so long that it feels like, well, he can't always do nothing. I like, think I don't he's know, really can't. important. Uh, face-offs. And, yeah. Uh, Huge he's, PK. He's, he's got it. He is. He's actually he, most total he, penalty kill he, time on ice on the team. He, he does. See, for me, I see Kerfoot. Still being that Swiss Army knife, jumping up and down, and maybe on on a few wings. Uh, I think Kempf has to be a give a third line center ice checking feel. Yeah, well, that, and that's what they wanted. I I know that Sheldon loves that Mikheyev Engvall Kempf line, which is why I think you're going to get Kerfoot Tavares Nylander come. You know, assuming you have home ice. Are, are you fast one? on the trigger on this? Super I think fast. Just a, a faceoffs. Yeah, and the Leafs, yeah. uh, they're as a team or individuals because. Has, uh, have the Leafs slipped at all, or is it just my perception in the face-off circle? Um, in terms of as a team, they are currently... Oh, that didn't work. I'm not as fast as I thought I was there, Kipper. But they are currently the best team in the NHL, Still. 55.2% okay. ahead and of Dallas. Where's Kempf in all of that? Well, I'm going to need another because, second on that. Um, that's <laughs> always been a, a strong suit. Yeah. Every once in a while, I... Maybe it's just the times that they lose the draw that I notice. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it can be an anecdotal thing. So face-off percentage for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Seems on power plays they're losing more draws as well. 
Face-off winning percentage. But, uh, Tavares best on the team, 60.9%. Camp is 52.8. Fourth on the team behind Matthews and Spezza. Is he, I wonder if he's dropped in that capacity. I think he has. I think he has a little. But still, that all four of those guys to play in all those minutes are well above, you know, 53% and above, basically. Pretty impressive. All right. Anything I'd add, Sammy? Uh, I just Justice for Camp. You guys are being hard on Camp. Camp has been the exact same guy literally the entire year. No. He has done nothing from no. the start to the finish. Like, he no, wins not, draws, he kills penalties, no, I'm not, carries the puck into the offensive I'm zone, chops it around, goes off the ice. I'm not ready ah, to get rid of him. Fine. I just think it's a long season, and it's not a reflection necessarily on him, but just him managing uh, still something that's throughout his career has never been asked of, and that's just to, to hold the hard line on a Stanley Cup contending team. That's yeah. all. Uh, best bets for tonight. Uh, the Capitals are in Vegas tonight, and the Capitals are underdogs, plus 125 on the money line. I think if Vegas falls apart, it's going to fall apart. It's just going to go spectacularly here. Like, Is, like Washington, to me, just did not look good against the Leafs uh, last week. No. No, I was the seven three win or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but you think what they're they're kind of lying under the weeds a little bit? The Capitals. Yeah. I, I just feel like they've got those guys who've been there before, and yeah, they're not going to be an easy out. Anyway, Capitals plus one twenty five. If Vegas is going to just puke. All us right. Our, our thanks to Joe Smith and Mike Kelly as always. Uh, thanks for being watching, listening. Hit the like button. Give us a rating and review. We're right. We're back on Friday, right, guys? Yeah, the boys are golfing tomorrow. We, got, yep. we got the Jays tomorrow. See you on the golf course, boys. Have a great one, everybody.